0: But we want to consider today the last portion of Revelation 5. We will consider worshiping the one who is worthy to take the scroll. Worship the one worthy to take the scroll. And that is my hope and desire, my dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, that Christ would be magnified before our eyes this morning. Let's pray. Father, as we enter into the study of your word and its proclamation, We pray that it would come in the power of your Holy Spirit in such a way that it would create faith in our hearts to believe what you've said, that you would call the sinner to salvation, that you would call your saints to greater confidence and hope and a greater faith in you as we look together at this heavenly scene. We pray that you'd answer that request for your namesake, in Jesus' name, amen. We live in a world of emojis, like thumbs up, love, laughing face, happy face, sad face, surprised face, mad face, tears of joy, all of these emojis. And with every scroll, with every click, we are called to react with an emoji. It may be a family photo, it may be a meme, it may be a cute, cuddly animal, it may be a patriotic post, or it may be a political story, but they all call for one thing, and that is a reaction. And the passage before us in Revelation 5 calls for a reaction as well, but it's not a simple click and then keep scrolling. The scene in Revelation 5 concludes this chapter It is of utmost significance. In fact, it is a reaction to the story that is surrounding it. The story surrounding it is given by Jesus Christ, who is the great prophet, who has ushered the apostle John into heaven. So turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, and we'll recover the story. It says this, the Lord says to John, come up here. And I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, the throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. Chapter 5, verse 1. Then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? Verse 7. And he, that is the lamb, he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. In chapter 6, verse 1, then I watched when the lamb opened one of the seven seals. And the drama continues as the lamb opens the scroll. Yet what we find at the end of chapter 5 is a break in the action of the drama to give a reaction to the lamb taking the scroll. You see, as we go through this passage, this is no trip to the library. This is not a celebration that someone is using his library card and now has some reading material. This is altogether different. You see, the opening of this scroll will demonstrate, as we previewed last week, that the purposes of God in reclaiming the earth are coming true that the Lamb has the right to reclaim the earth according to the Father's plan. Heaven's kingdom will be established on the earth, and the Lamb is the only one who can accomplish that. So seated at the Father's right hand, the Lamb is waiting until the time that He should reclaim the earth. He is waiting. That's what we studied last week. The Son was exalted to the right hand of the Father. There He waits And one day, a mighty angel will shake heaven with one question. Who is worthy? And at that time, the lamb will step forward. That's the drama. Verses 8 through 14 is the reaction to it. And the simple question we have today is this. Are you sympathetic to the reaction of the lamb stepping forward to take the scroll? Are you sympathetic to what we'll find today? You say, well, what was the reaction? Young people, take your Bibles, look at the end of chapter 5, and notice the very last word of the chapter. What is the reaction summarized in one word? Yes. Worship. Worship. And to worship is to place value on something or someone. It is to ascribe the proper worth. And there is an explosion of worship directed to the Lamb who is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And as we move through this scene, we're going to find three songs that are sung in worship of the Lamb. And it is from these that we are called to respond in worship as well. So three simple points this morning, the first of which is this, worship the Lamb as worthy of earth's redemption, verses 8 through 10. Because those nearest the throne sing why the Lamb is worthy to take the scroll. Look at your Bibles in verse 8. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Verse 9, and they sang a new song. You see, their new song praises the one who's worthy to reclaim the earth. Notice that they held objects of worship in their hands. Verse 8 says, the four living creatures and 24 fell down before the Lamb each holding a harp. You have probably seen a depiction of heaven, of people lounging on clouds with harps in hand. Well, from this verse, we don't have any idea of reclining on clouds, but we do have the praise of God because these are praising God with the music of their harps because the Psalms teach. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet, Praise him with a lute and harp. And here it is, the harp. You see, God is praised by means of the sound of instruments. He will be praised then in glory, and he may be praised now in the church with music. You see, praise is the stuff of worship. And so are prayers. Notice what else these held. Verse 8, they fell down, each holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. The psalmist prayed in Psalm 141, Let my prayer be counted as incense before you. And here we see that the prayers of the saints are indeed like incense. They are a sweet aroma before God. Young people, let me encourage you with this. You have already praised God and prayed to God Today, and that is the stuff of worship. It is the stuff of worship in heaven that is pleasing to God. So I urge you do not coast through praising the Lord or praising the Lord. Engage yourself in worship. Back to the scene in chapter 4. We see the 4 and 24. They have fallen like cut timber. None are left standing at this point, and they begin to sing. And they sang a new song of worship. Let's see it in verse 9. They sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. You see, when the lamb took the scroll from the father's hand, he assumed the right to do so. Can you imagine taking the remote from someone in your family's hand? When you do so, in some degree, you assume the right to do so. And the fact that the Father allowed it to be taken meant that He agreed with the Son taking it. And with this Lamb coming and taking the scroll, He is accepting the divine task to open its seals and execute its content. The content that we saw was to judge the earth and to reclaim it. Heaven's kingdom would come to earth and all things will be put in subjection to Him. Because at present, According to the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 8, at present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. This isn't the case yet. This is something that is yet future. So as the Son of God submitted to the Father's will in his incarnation, so the Son of God will again submit to the Father's will in conquest, because he will pour out the wrath of God upon sinful squatters upon the earth. That's the stuff of the new song of these 4 and 24 that they begin to sing. It's a song about something that is future. Because as we read through the judgments that come in the following chapters, these have not yet fallen on the earth. People have asked us, is this the judgment of God and coronavirus upon us all? I don't know if it's the judgment, but it is certainly not the judgment of the end because the judgments of the end are far greater, far worse Now, I make you aware of that point for a very specific reason. I make you aware of the point that the new song is about the worthiness of the Lamb to take the scroll because that is not the popular way to understand this text. The popular way to understand Revelation is to not see it as something that is future, something that is ahead except the very end of the book. The very, very end. That's future. But the rest, that's all past. The popular way is to understand this text is that Jesus is worthy of worship because of redemption. Jesus is worthy because he's already won the victory. Worthy is the lamb who's seated on the throne. But that's not the point of this text That is the point of a number of the Psalms. It's a a point from a number of places in the New Testament and the end of this book of the Revelation, but it is not the main point of Revelation 5. And men, you know this, because for years now, we have done Bible study together, and we have circled main verbs, and we have analyzed connecting words. And as we look at the new song, which is the stuff of this, which, which... sings of the stuff of this chapter, which is repeated again and again. It is all about who is worthy to take the scroll. And the answer of those nearest the throne is in this new song, Worthy are you, the Lamb, to take the scroll. That is the main point of the song. Now that main point is followed by a connecting word. Young people, I know you're not a part of men's Bible study, but let's, let's try it again. What is the connecting word between the first portion of verse 9 and the second portion of verse 9? Anyone know? Yes. For, because, that's right. What follows is the reason why the Lamb is worthy to take the scroll and reclaim the earth. So look with me at that. Revelation 5.9, For you were slain, and by your blood you redeemed, you purchased people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So the one who will reclaim the earth is worthy. Why? Well, by his redemption. By his redemption, he is worthy. The worthiness of Christ, it springs from his redemptive act. His judicial right springs from his redemptive act. You say, what did he do in redeeming? Well, it says the lamb was slain. Now, outside of any kind of biblical understanding, it would seem that if someone is slain, that would not qualify him for a task. It would qualify him for a tomb be slain. But we know this passage tells us of the fact that Christ came to earth. It speaks of the incarnation that he took on flesh, and it points us to his sacrifice for the sins of others. That's what we know when it says that he was slain, and this is one of the reasons that he is worthy to take the scroll. He was slain. Also, it says the lamb redeemed To redeem is to purchase, and it's a term that we use in the marketplace. And how is it that he redeemed? It says that he redeemed by your blood. The payment for the purchase was his life. say, who did he redeem? Who did he purchase with his life? The text tells us people from every tribe and language and people and nation. You see, here's the point. He didn't give his life for only one group of people like just the people of Israel. No group is excluded. There is no discrimination because of lineage or language, race or country. You see, at the cross, Jesus purchased a people from all the peoples of the earth. And since his redemption extends to the corners of the earth, so does his right to execute judgment. Over all the earth is set forth in the scroll. There's the point. He is worthy to take the scroll. He, is, he was slain. He redeemed. You also see that the Lamb has made those. He redeemed a kingdom of priests. Those who were dead in trespasses and sins, He elevated. God's purchased people presently live under His rule, and they mediate the knowledge of God to all the nations. That's what we find in the Great Commission. That is our great task. Make all the world know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yet there is something more we find at the end of verse ten. Notice what it is, because it tells us the future of the people that God has redeemed. And they shall reign on the earth. See, that's the future of God's people. Christ's redemptive work, incorporated kingdom, incorporated a kingdom under which the saints are living at present. We're no longer part of the kingdom of darkness, but we're under the kingdom of His dear Son, Colossians one thirteen. But there is a future work of Christ in that He will reclaim the earth, and one day He will bring to fulfillment this promise that His saints will one day reign on the earth. Of course, at that point, you say, well, who are we going to reign over? The Bible gives us three answers. Matthew 19.28 says, Jesus speaking to the apostles that they would reign over the 12 tribes of Israel. 1 Corinthians 6, 2 and 3 say that we will reign and rule the world. We will reign and rule the angels. That's everyone. That's not currently happening. But once Jesus reclaims the earth as is specified in the scroll, we will. Right now we are under Christ's rule. But one day we will rule with Christ. In these verses, we see the agent of redemption, the Lamb. We see the means of redemption, his blood. We see the objects of redemption, the people, from every tribe, tongue, people, nation. We see the result of redemption, making of a kingdom, and that they will reign. But there is one facet, it's repeated twice, that we haven't talked about. Young people, what is it? What haven't we talked about? Because there is one who is the ultimate beneficiary of redemption. Who is it? God. Repeated twice. The lamb purchased a people for God. Ultimately, redemption is not about sinful people. Ultimately, redemption is about God. For from him and through him and to him are all things... Let me put it together in a nutshell. Man was made by God for God's glory, and the human race fell short of their life's purpose of bringing glory to God. God sent His Son to redeem fallen man, so that there would be a people for God's glory. If you want a passage for something like that, think of the theme verse of Ephesians chapter three, verse twenty-one: "To the Father be glory in the church." By Christ Jesus, the Redeemer, throughout all generations, forever and ever. The question is, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about God getting glory from a people redeemed by His Son? Because it is the redemptive act of Jesus Christ that qualifies Him to take the scroll and accomplish the ultimate victory of God. He'll bring to bear the kingdom of God in every inch of the universe so that there is not a single corner that fails to bring God the glory he deserves. Is there anyone else who could do that? Does anyone else come to mind besides Jesus Christ? In the song of the 4 and 24, we learn to worship the Lamb as worthy of earth's redemption. Now we go to the second song, and we learn to worship the Lamb who is worthy of heaven's praise because the heavenly hosts join the song of exaltation. Look at verse 11. The Bible says, Then I looked and I heard around the throne the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing.'" So we find that the angels are joining to sing the new the refrain of the new song the stuff of the new song which proclaimed that the lamb was worthy to take the scroll because of his redemption it's condensed and it's sung by these angels they're worshiped yet notice John's description of this angelic host Some of you may have a Bible that says the number of these angels was 10,000 times 10,000. Young people, what does that equal? 10,000 times 10,000s. A lot. More specifically, 1 plus 4 zeros times 1 plus 4 zeros is 1 plus 8 zeros, which equals 100 million. A hundred million angels. However, the numbers here are not simply 10,000 times 10,000, but thousands or myriads times myriads. There's no exact number to this description. It could be two ten thousands times two ten thousands, or it could be a million ten thousands times a billion ten thousands. We don't know. It is to say there is an innumerable number of angels. And John says that he heard them sing. And We have to think about this for a moment. When you have family devotions at home, you sing. And it sounds okay, but it's not very strong because there's only a handful of you. You come to church, and we have dozens who are singing, and it's a more powerful sound. That's how I grew up, in a situation just like this. But then I went to college and attended chapel, and there a few thousand sang. And that was an experience I'll never forget. It's an experience where just the singing of a simple hymn brings goosebumps because of all the people who are singing together. Now contrast that with what John heard. Can you imagine Can you imagine this heavenly host? And I guess the question is, can you imagine yourself being a part of it? Singing there. Let's go on and see what else they sang. In the first song, we see that the lamb is worthy to take the scroll in the second song we see the lamb is worthy to receive look at verse 12 worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing you see all in heaven are enumerating his praises all in heaven are enumerating his praises Now just the other day our neighbor had a birthday party and we brought gifts to the party is that the scene here where the Lamb of God is receiving gifts? Because it says, worthy are you to receive. Is this a party where someone's getting gifts? No. This is a sevenfold repetition of heaven's perfect praise of the Lamb. There are four, that ce- four of these words celebrate the attributes of Christ, and three of them ce- celebrate the worship that is due Him as a result. So the first four things that he possesses, first he possesses power, that is to say he has ability. Just as David had the, the, his sling, which gave him the ability to slay the giant, so Jesus has the power to execute the contents of the scroll. Think about that. In the next chapter, we're going to find that the stars fall to the earth. Jesus has the power to make that happen. Second, Jesus possess, possesses riches, that Those are the things of value, whether they're mined or manufactured. All those things are at his disposal. Third, he possesses wisdom. He has all that is necessary in skill to accomplish the Father's will that is set forth in the scroll. Fourth, he has strength, which is the ability to execute, to make something happen. He has everything he needs, and he is worshipped for those things. He deserves worship. He deserves honor Honor is what someone is due. It is a position of height. Glory is something of magnification, of loftiness or majesty. Blessing is ascribing praise to God. And heaven's song is all of that. It is praise to the Lamb. Three songs in this passage. The first song, it was not about the accomplishment of past redemption. Instead, it was the one who is worthy to execute judgment on the earth and by that reclaim it. That was what the song was about. The first song is a new song given to one who is worthy of a task because he's qualified for that task. The second is his worthiness is due him and heaven sings his praises. That's the second song. Now we come to the last song the end of the sermon, and I encourage you, don't check out at this point. And I want to frame this last point by having you imagine and remember, perhaps. Remember a time that you attended an awards ceremony. At the ceremony, you heard accolades spoken, and you saw honors a given. And as you sat in that ceremony, you again and again applauded, perhaps without even thinking at the appropriate time, you applauded. But there comes a time in the awards ceremony that someone says the following. And this is the highest honor given today. And when you hear that said, it perks your interest. And it makes you applaud more. And that's what we find in the last song of chapter 5. Now, can you find that? I'm going to read it for you in verse 13. And I heard every creature in heaven. And on the earth, and under the earth, and in the sea, and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. So what is it about this song that elevates this praise? It is not the fact that all the universe agree, which is absolutely spectacular you can imagine such a thing ever happening. And obviously, it pushes this whole scene forward. But what we need to notice is the gem that is in the song itself. I'm going to draw this out for just a little bit longer. Let's go back to that award ceremony in our mind. Let's just imagine for a moment it is a ceremony for a professional basketball. The highest and greatest awards are being given. And just imagine your name is called. This is a great thought. Your name is called. You are standing on the podium. And then the MC announces that there is another and only one other recipient deserving of this award. And Michael Jordan is called. Of course, by saying that, I date myself, but you get the picture. Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan takes his place next to you. And all of a sudden, you were elevated because of who else is on the podium. Now look at Revelation 5. And who else is on the podium with the Lamb? You see, all creation honors the Lamb as they do the Lord. All creation honors the Lamb as they do the Lord. The Lord. Having received the scroll, the Savior and the Sovereign are worshiped alike. You see, even though the Savior is submitting to the Sovereign's will by taking the scroll, he is honored as the Sovereign is honored. And what we need to realize is it was the Sovereign Lord's design to bring honor to the Son through this scroll. Young people, take out your bulletins. I want you to tell me what book of the Bible is the theme verse from on the front of your bulletin? What book of the Bible is it from? In your bulletin, front cover, theme verse, what book of the Bible is it? Right above the picture of the church. Yes, John. John chapter 5. Verses 22 and 23. And we need to notice the connecting word between these two verses. It is extremely important. John 5:22 For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, in order that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. You see, Revelation 5 is John 5 being played out before our eyes. The Father exalts the Son by giving him the scroll, the task of judging the earth. And in that act, the Sovereign presents the Savior on an equal podium. Therefore, all creation honors the Son as they honor the Father. And all of a sudden, you see why so many other religions fall on their face, because they will not honor the Son as they honor the Father. Father has a plan for that. He gives judgment to the Son so that all will honor him. And those nearest the throne agree with that doxology. Look at verse 14. And the four living creatures say, Amen. And the elders fall down and worship. To say, Amen is to give your agreement. So be it. And to fall down to worship is to show that you think the one before you is far superior. He is the great God. Now, I began today's sermon by saying that we live in a world of emojis. At every moment, we are called on, whether we are scrolling or clicking, we're called upon to react with an emoji. My question is having seen this heavenly scene from the drama of the book of Revelation, do you sympathize? Do you sympathize with the elders who fell down? Do you sympathize with the four living creatures who said, Amen? what would your emoji be? Because this is their response. And if you truly can say that this is your response, you have every confidence that you'll be among them one day. Father, we pray that you would encourage your people today, that you would allow them to test their hearts. If they would worship you in agreement that they would see and proclaim the worthiness of the Lamb, that they would have great confidence that one day they will, that they will see themselves in this text. Father, if there is someone here who who just doesn't see it, who doesn't see themselves in this story, not that we're significant, but that we are the people who fall down and worship the Lamb. Lord, this is of utmost importance that every single person fall before Jesus Christ and acknowledge him as Lord and Savior to find the forgiveness of all of our sin. And we pray today in particular for our young people, those who have heard about Jesus for years, yet they don't know perhaps what it is to... Be among God's people to know forgiveness of sin. Father, may this challenge them today. And may they desire to be among those who worship the Lamb. Father, challenge and encourage our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen.